baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Rick Dayton Show on the air, off for a couple of days, but so glad to be back with you and so glad to bring in Dr. Francesca Ortegren. She's a researcher for Clover Real Estate, and it is awesome, Clever Real Estate, excuse me, so great to have her joining us talking about some new numbers that they have just put out. Welcome into the program on the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, Dr. Francesca Ortegren. Francesca, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Rick? I am great. We had you on, I think it was back in September, when your firm had done some some work about the best college towns, the best college sports towns. And we went back and forth a little bit about where Pittsburgh was or was not in the top 20. Pittsburgh, however, this time around, when it comes to most affordable cities, comes in at number one. Does this surprise you as you were doing? I mean, there obviously are, are methodologies and things like that that go into it. But as you were sitting down to do this, did you have any idea as to what you expected the results to be? Um, not completely. Um, I did expect a lot of like Midwestern and Southern areas to be kind of higher on that list. Pittsburgh was a little surprising, though. I don't usually think of Pittsburgh when I'm thinking of affordable places. Um just because I kind of lump it in with the East Coast, you know. So, um, but you're you're kind of right in the middle between the East and the the um, Midwest. So it's definitely understandable, um, and it's definitely pretty affordable. The average home value is only about 190 right. in the Pittsburgh metro area. Right. So when you break it out and you take a look at this, and what you're comparing basically is you're coming up with a ratio. The way the study is done, just for those who haven't seen it, is looking at a ratio of the house price to income ratio. So they say the average home value, just as Francesca said, is about 190081 The average income per household in Pittsburgh is 84800 So you divide one by the other and you come up with a factor or a ratio of 2.2 to 1. Cleveland, which was number two, was at 2.4. Oklahoma City, 2.5, same as St. Louis and Birmingham, Alabama. Cincinnati, 2.6. And that was right there at what the recommended ratio is. When you say recommended ratio, Francesca, what does that mean? Is that is that terms of, of what real estate people say or financial people say? Who recommends that ratio? Um, it's a little bit of both. It's kind of the realtors tend to go by this this recommendation. You shouldn't spend maybe 2.6 to 3 times your income on a house. Um, and financially, banks used to kind of stick a little bit more closely to, the, to 3 times your income. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't necessarily want to give you a mortgage for more than 3 times your income. Um, it's not necessarily a hard rule. It's just kind of a recommendation if you go much higher than that in terms of the value of your home compared to your income you might end up spending a lot more than you want to from month to month on your housing and that number comes pretty close to i mean the the rule of thumb that we were always told growing up and again i'm somebody in my 50s was look at it being 30 percent 30 percent of your income should go to housing and not more than that if you want to stay in that affordability range and at the same time you know not buying more house or being house poor if you will if you look at some of these other places los angeles was at 9.8 
San Jose, 9.1. San Francisco, 8.3. San Diego, also above 7.5 at 7.8. Francesca, how do people afford to live in those places? I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand it either, to be completely honest. I think what we see in places, especially like San Francisco, where there's a lot of tech, is that people have pretty high salaries there. Um, so we did see that the average household incomes uh, one almost 150 in San Francisco. But we also know that there are a lot more single people in areas like San Francisco and L.A. So that's maybe just a single income versus places like Pittsburgh or even St. Louis. We're probably looking at a higher proportion of dual income families. San Francisco's um, average housing price. You're making less. Yeah, right. Yeah. San Francisco's average housing price is 1.24 million. That's average. That's not the most expensive. That's average. I mean, it's just it's hard to comprehend when Pittsburgh's average price is around one hundred and ninety thousand dollars. It's just it's hard for those of us who live here to really wrap our brains around that. Dr. Francesca Ortegren joining us, a researcher with Clever Real Estate. They've put out their study on most affordable places. Pittsburgh, number one in the country. What exactly does this mean when these sorts of numbers come out? Do real estate values change later on because it's more in demand that more people move there? Or does it take a long time for those numbers or those trends to change, do you think? I think it could. I think we're in an interesting kind of space um, in time because more and more people are working remotely. So you have more opportunities to kind of get a job anywhere in the United States Mm -hmm. and live somewhere really affordable. Whereas even, you know, just three or four years ago, that was less common. So if you wanted to live in a place like Pittsburgh, you would have to find a job in Pittsburgh, and that might not always be possible. But now, you know, with the rise in in remote work, you might be able to, you might be seeing more people going to places like Pittsburgh and Cleveland, um, Oklahoma City, St. Louis, just to be able to, you know, uh, afford living at a higher quality of life. Yeah. And one of the other things that's interesting is that you also looked at what's going on with income as it relates to housing, which is going up more rapidly. We all know the huge increase and the huge run up in terms of real estate prices that's gone on. But the issue for a lot of people, I mean, you look in places like New Orleans and Houston and Oklahoma City, income has actually gone down in those places. So income is not keeping up with the rising price of real estate. Does that suggest perhaps that there's a bubble that could break and people can't keep up with their housing? It could. Um, I think especially with what we've seen lately, which is this, you know, extreme increase in home prices um, as a partly as a result of the pandemic. Um, I think people who are buying right now could end up like underwater in their mortgages. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think that we're going to see it even out a little bit, at least in the short term. Um, but I don't I don't foresee anything that was kind of quite as dramatic as what we saw in 2008. What do we anticipate happens with real estate moving forward? Can we continue that trend or is that sort of what you're saying? Were you suggesting that you think income catches up or do you think that real estate sort of levels off? I don't think it'll level off. I think it'll well, I guess compared to what we've seen the last year, it might level back it out a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, um, we're going to go back to, you know, like pre-pandemic increasing instead of what we've seen lately at some point, I think. But I don't see it slowing down, um, at least not to where it's 
not to where most housing is affordable. I think instead what we're going to see is that people are getting priced out and younger people are going to continue to wait longer and longer to start buying. Um, and we might end up in a, in a place where a lot of people prefer to rent and invest their money in different ways so that they can earn um, capital over time instead of through buying a house. So that'll be an interesting shift in kind of the quote unquote American dream and what we've seen historically. But um, I do think that we've already started to see it with millennials. And my guess is that Gen Z is going to follow that same pattern as well. Francesca, final question. As you're looking at these numbers, when you say Pittsburgh, are you talking about city of Pittsburgh only or are you taking into consideration the larger area, the metro area when you're saying Pittsburgh when coming up with these home valuations? Uh, this is from the larger census metro area. Okay, got it. That that does clarify things uh, very nicely. Francesca, mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on. It's always good to hear from you, and love how you give us these uh, these nuggets and these pieces of information that allow us to make better decisions as consumers and buyers, and, uh, and we very much appreciate you being on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Always good to have her on, Dr. Francesca Ortegren, researcher for Clever Real Estate. We're going to talk more about this as we continue on the Rick Dayton Show. 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020, the way that you can jump in, talking about home valuations as it relates to income. Again, the numbers that they were using for this Clever Real Estate study show Pittsburgh is the most affordable housing market in the United States. Just to give you the rundown of the list, the list is Pittsburgh number one, then Cleveland number two, Oklahoma City number three, followed by St. Louis, Missouri, and Birmingham, Alabama. Cincinnati comes in at six. Detroit, Michigan is seven. Hartford, Connecticut comes in at number eight. I mean, this is just, this is really, really remarkable stuff that we continue to see about the city of Pittsburgh and exactly what Pittsburgh is doing. Again, looking at their numbers, when they're looking at the census area, the Pittsburgh area as defined by the U.S. Census, they're saying the average home value for Pittsburgh is $190,000. The average home value, they say, is $190,000. Now, I just want to ask, do you think that number sounds accurate? Seriously, break it down. From your experience, is that an accurate average? 866-391-1020. Call me and tell me if you think that number is way out of line. Because you know what? I got to tell you, my wife and I, we put our house up for sale back in January. We don't need as many bedrooms as we have as we're now empty nesters. Our, our youngest is a senior in college. will graduate in May. So we're empty nesters. We put our house up for sale. We're going to sell it ourselves. And in a span of 48 hours, we put it up did not do anything other than put out a Facebook ad and put it on Zillow, and we had a full-price offer within 48 hours. A full-price offer for our home in 48 hours. And there are 150 people who can tell you the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Long story short, we ended up, that deal did not go through, and we were really glad it didn't because we could not find a place that we wanted to buy. We had a couple of different places that we made offers on, but people came in at the last minute and said that they were going to make an identical offer, but they were going to waive any and all inspections and put no contingencies on it at all. We didn't have any contingencies on it. We didn't have anything that we needed to do that was uh, saying we have to do this first or that or whatever, but they were going to waive inspections 
And as a result, both houses that we thought we were going to buy fell through because somebody else was willing to take on that risk. I personally think it's crazy, but that's a whole other story for another day. The issue that I guess I'm going back to is that we have seen home valuations skyrocket. That was in January. And I think that if we were to put our house up for sale now, which is 10 months later, we would probably put our house up for sale for another $100,000. Now, we do not live in a $2.7 million house, and we're going to put it up for $2.8 million. No, no, no. There's one comma in our home value. Let's put it that way. There's not two. We don't live in that kind of a house. We've never lived that kind of way. But it also says $100,000, holy, which makes me then wonder this $190,000 average home price as we go out and as we look, we live in the North Hills. As we go out and as we look at home prices, if you say that you want to go out and look at home prices in the North Hills that are $200,000, and that's an, uh, uh, the price that you want to consider, I just think that you're going to have a hard time finding something that you're going to be. Now, there are other places where $200,000 buys you a lot of home. But I also think that these numbers are sometimes skewed by outlying areas, meaning what are you calling the metro area of Pittsburgh, right? What exactly are you calling it? Are you including Greene County, for instance? Prices in Greene County, I promise, are a lot different than Allegheny County. Prices in Beaver County, a lot different than Allegheny County. Prices in Lawrence County, a lot different. You factor in Newcastle and call that Pittsburgh area, home values are a lot different. So I think that sometimes these studies that come out, and again, I'm not questioning their methodology. What they had to do is they had to look and they had to get an average home price and they had to get an income level and they had to come up with a ratio. How much of your income are you spending in order to pay for your housing? Makes perfect sense what they did. I just sometimes wonder about the realism of these numbers because I sometimes think that I don't see Pittsburgh as being a really, really affordable place to live from a housing standpoint. Now, granted, you compare us to San Francisco, we're a bargain. Compare us to New York City, absolute pennies on the dollar here to there. Compare us to Miami, not even close. But I think if you compare us to other like cities, I don't know. I just think that sometimes these numbers end up taking a slightly different look and feel. 866-391-1020. If you want to talk about it, we'd love to hear from you. 37 minutes past 3 o'clock. Rick Dayton Show on KDKA. 866-391-1020. We're talking about how Pittsburgh has been rated by Clever Real Estate as the most affordable real estate market in the United States. They're looking at average price of homes and average income level, and they're coming up with a ratio Basically looking at dividing the home value by your income level to come up with that uh, ratio. Basically 2.2 is Pittsburgh's number, and that puts us ahead of everybody else in the country. Let's go to the phones right now and see what people have to say about this. Matt from Peters Township, you're first up. Hey, it's good to have you on KDK. How are you, Matt? Hey, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good. Hey, listen, I'm sitting out here on a tractor cutting my grass on 17 acres. Okay. And I listed my home two weeks ago. Uh, It's 21,000 square feet, indoor pool, uh, for $5.9 million. Okay. Sounds like a very nice house. 
And, and on the property is a, is a barn that's another 4,000 square feet. Plus, I have another home that's 214 years old. It's a four-bedroom home, and it's, it's beautiful. Okay. So, like, where am I at with something like this? A lot of the realtors are telling me that I should go to an auction. Rather than trying to list it and sell it through the MLS. Exactly. Yeah, those sorts of things. Those are you know when we talk about outliers, Matt. I mean that is clearly one of those that you know there are there perhaps would be people who come in and look at that and say, okay, we want to we'd be interested in buying the property because we want to subdivide it. I don't know where it is in Peters Township to know whether that's even an option. Is it? It's on it's on just about road on Peters Township in Peters Township. Okay. Um, you know, and again, with with that much property that you're talking about, you know, people, if they're going to put in really big houses, they're not going to want to have quarter acre lots, right? They're going to want to have larger lots that they could, exactly. could do that sort of thing. And the other question is, what about utilities? Do you have utilities out there? You know, can they then pick up water? Can they pick up sewer? Can they pick up electric? Or do those things have to be put in? If they've got to be put in, they got to be put in, you know, far off the line, that ends up being yeah. very, very expensive, which then brings the yeah. property valuation it's down. So the sewage and everything is already here. Okay. Because behind me, behind me, they have uh, uh, building. Uh, Eddie Holmes is building. Uh, there's, it's called Just About Farms. And they're mm-hmm. right behind me. Mm-hmm. They're building patio homes. Right. Right. Um, how long Farm have you had the property? Just out of curiosity, how long have you been there? I've been here seven years. Got it. Did you build the house, or was it there already? No, it was here already. It was there already, right. Have you seen just an enormous run-up in terms of what they tell you the property is worth? Yes. Uh, worth, they're telling me it's worth Well, the, when I had it appraised uh, by a citizen's bank three years ago, it was appraised at $8 million. Wow. Yeah, that's, so they uh, listed it at $6 million. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big number, that's for sure. And and again, I think that there's a lot of people that you know, maybe they're not dealing with houses that very few people are dealing with the houses that are that big, Matt. But I think there's a lot of people who are seeing similar sorts of valuation jumps in in their property compared to what they paid for them. Thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Matt okay, from Peters you. Township, you bet, calling us here on KDKA. I mean, that's an enormous house. I mean, think about that, Ben. You've got a four-bedroom house that, oh, by the way, is 200 years old, probably the original farmhouse on that piece of property. And, oh, by the way, his house, he says, is 22,000 square feet with an indoor pool. and thing. I mean, I, we just we can't comprehend what a house like that looks like. A 22,000-square-foot house. If you have a 2,000-square-foot house, it's a good-sized home. That one's 10 times larger. 12 times, 12 times larger than that. I mean, it's just, that's just, it's, it's hard for us to comprehend that kind of valuation. But again, people are seeing huge run-ups across the board, regardless of what part of town you are in, these figures are going up and up and up. Ben, you live in the city. What are people telling you? What kinds of stories are you hearing from your neighbors or people saying, hey, it's time for me to, to get out, to get some money out of the property that we have or not necessarily? Um, I mean, given that I live in Bloomfield right now, mm-hmm. that place was starting to explode well before any of this was taking Absolutely place. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people, it was gentrifying in 2013, 14, right. 15. Right. So long before gentrification was a term that a lot of people were throwing about, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we, we are definitely seeing it all over the place. If you want to jump in on the conversation talking about real estate and how Pittsburgh is rated by clever real estate as being the most affordable place to buy a home. 
in the country, not just in western Pennsylvania, not just in Pennsylvania, but in the entire country, Pittsburgh is number one. would love to hear from you about what your experience has been. And you know what? I think there's a lot of people right now who are sort of stuck because they're saying, well, I want to get, I want to get out of the house that I'm in right now, and I want, to, I want to make some money on my house. But then as soon as they try to do that, then the realization is, where do I go? Because everything else that they might like to buy, they then look at and say, wait a second, I could barely afford to buy the house that I'm in right now if I were to find another one just like it. And what's the point of moving from a house you're in to another one just like it, right? I mean, maybe your family situation has changed. Maybe you don't need as much. Maybe you need more space. Maybe mom is going to move in with you and you need to have a place that's a first floor master for mom. I mean, there's a lot of different things that life happens, life changes that we see these different sorts of things. So, you know, what what sorts of things are are happening to you and, and what's going on with real estate? I do think that it's safe to say that, um, you know, the, the real estate market now seems to have settled down a little bit, that I don't think it is as red hot as what it was, meaning that if you were to go out and look at real estate over the last month or so, you are seeing properties in the Pittsburgh multi-list staying on the market longer. It used to be that something would be on the market and literally within a day or before it could even be listed, before signs were going up, that those properties were sold. Now we're starting to see things staying on the market for a little longer than what we were. And the other thing is that we're also seeing, I think, some prices of homes that were overvalued because a real estate agent simply said to a buyer, okay, I'll tell you what you want to hear. Your house is worth that amount of money. But in reality, they're then seeing it sit and sit and sit, and they're not getting that kind of money out of it. And we're starting to see some price reductions out there as well. 51 minutes past 3 o'clock. Mike, thank you so much for the update right there as we're moving through this midweek Wednesday. A whole lot more coming up on the program today. We're going to visit with somebody from the Penguins Foundation today, and we're looking forward to having him come on. His name is Jaden Lindo. He's head of community hockey programs for the Penguins Foundation. Penn's been doing a lot of outreach things for years, but this one is an opportunity for Jaden to sort of put his fingerprints on this particular part of it. He was drafted by the Penguins coming out of Canada back in, uh, I think it was 2015 or 2016. And so he grew up in uh, in the game and grew up uh, as a minority in the game in Canada. And I look forward to visiting with him about taking the game of hockey out into some of these community uh, recreation centers and things like that as the Penguins are, are doing another one of those, they just did another one of those here today. And we'll talk to him about that and what exactly that looks like and what it feels like and what his experience was growing up in the game of hockey that he loves and being drafted into the NHL ranks and and having an opportunity to be considered among one of the the, the prospects one of the the players that was going to have a chance to uh, to play in the league that Gretzky and Gordie Howe and those sorts of people defined over all those years he'll be with us coming up at four o'clock this afternoon Ken Rice comes by at 4 30 today Matt Jamison is uh, somebody who uh, he and his sister have put together what's called the Clear Thoughts Foundation their father passed away from issues having to do with dementia and Alzheimer's type disease that uh, that he was battling. And so what they did is they looked at it and said, hey, there's just not a lot of uh, 
uh, of help that you can do. There's not a lot that you can to, to do to help people who are dealing with these sorts of things. And so they started the Clear Thoughts Foundation to come up with funding mechanisms to come up with more money to give to researchers who are trying to deal with these sorts of things. And so Matt Jamison's going to be with us. That'll be a little after 5 o'clock this afternoon. And then before we go, we're going to have a little bit of fun with a couple of people who have a podcast called You Jag Off. And uh, the Jagoff podcast is uh, it, it's really really fun, and they and they go all over the Pittsburgh area. They do sorts of they they, they some things that are silly, but they do a lot of serious stuff too. And John and Rachel are the hosts of Jagoff.com and you jag off the Twitter feed and things like that. And they take pictures of people parking poorly, and that gets some of their awards and things like that. But they are going to be uh, trying to get people to get out and run on Thanksgiving morning. The turkey trot has been in Pittsburgh for a very very long time, and has been a tradition on Thanksgiving morning before you have your turkey to go out, run a 5K, and I believe they've even added a 10K in in years past that uh, is down on the North Shore. Relatively flat course, sometimes obviously chilly, but uh, gives you an opportunity to get out and get a run. And they are going to be sort of heading that up this year, and we're going to have a chance to talk with them. They'll be our guest coming up at 535 today talking about the turkey trot. And we're going to see if maybe we can get them to register for the run. They're probably going to say no. There's no way that they're going to run. They're too busy. You know, they've got too many things, too many responsibilities. But uh, anyway, we're going to see uh, uh, about catching up with them. We'll do that at 535 this afternoon. Tomorrow on the program, you don't want to miss it right off the top at 305, Mean Joe Green. Joe Green's going to be with us here, legendary Pittsburgh Steeler, Hall of Fame defensive lineman for the Steelers. And Joe Green is going to be with us, and we can't wait to catch up with me and Joe tomorrow at 3.05. So make sure your radio is set. And if for some reason you miss it, the Odyssey app is a way that you can rewind that and play it back as a podcast. Also, kdkradio.com. If you're on the road and you've got it on your phone, you can pull up either one of those places and you can listen to it live. And uh, you can always rewind as well. Anything that is on the air, 24-hour period, you can go back and you can rewind it and you can listen to it even if you missed it. And uh, don't want you to miss that interview tomorrow. Me and Joe Green tomorrow at 3.05. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.